now turn to the uh, book of 1 Peter, chapter 1, verse 3. And once you get to 1 Peter, in the first chapter, verse 3, if you can please stand to honor the reading of God's word. And you at home, stand up. I can see you. <laughs> I'm, of course, joking. Let's now turn, bless you, incidentally. Let's now turn to that, 1 Peter, as we're standing to honor his word. Let's now read 1 Peter 1, 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. God bless and honor the reading of his word, and you may be seated. You may be seated. Lord Jesus Christ, as we come to you today, we pray that you bless this sermon. We pray, Lord God, that you will bless our ears and our hearts and our souls to receive your word, that we may take this with us, Lord God, that we may hear it, understand it, and receive what you would have us to receive today. We pray this in your holy name, Lord God. Amen. Amen. You know, as a child, a birthday was a very special day. It truly was. You all know, as we mentioned a while ago, that yesterday was my birthday, and uh, it was a very personal, birthdays are a very personal, especially as a child, a very personal holiday, a celebration for all of us. I mean, as we grow older, it's not quite the same. We know that. But when you're a kid, it is. I mean, when the birthday comes, you think the whole world's just stop for you. And you know, you want candles, you want birthday cakes, you want presents and everything. I remember my mom and dad was really good about that. We'd go out and see movies. We'd go out to Godfather's Pizza or whatever, go see E.T., whatever it was. I remember all those things. We had a good time. They made you feel special. My dad was really good about that. He would, and my mom too, but my dad would sit down and tell you stories about how he felt the day he was born and how everything stopped for him and how he was just, he thanked God. He'd pray for you and he was so thankful. He made you feel special. And, and, and we were special in his eyes and in my mom's eyes. And he made you feel like everything was great for you that day. It made you feel great. It was a celebration, a personal holiday, so to speak on the day that you was born. Now, when I was a kid, I used to watch the movie Alice in Wonderland from Disney, you know, and they, they kind of introduced me to a new holiday, and that was a, an unbirthday. In fact, they even had a song, you may remember that, a very happy unbirthday, a very merry unbirthday. I always liked that song. But today I'm gonna to introduce you to another holiday, a personal day, which is a, and this is a holiday, a re-birthday. Today we're gonna to celebrate a happy re-birthday this is to celebrate the day that you asked Jesus Christ into your heart, the day that we were saved by the blood of Jesus Christ and became brand new people, brand new born again believers by the blood of Jesus Christ. That is a brand new celebration, a brand new holiday, a true holiday, a true holy day, the day that you were saved. This is a true holiday so the title of today's sermon is Happy Rebirthday. Happy Rebirthday to you. Happy Rebirthday to you. Happy Rebirthday, God has blessed you. Happy Rebirthday to you. Oh, Happy Rebirthday. And you know, every year at my birthday, I think about Rebirthday. And I do because the first time that I prayed the prayer of salvation, which in reality, I technically I wasn't saved because I didn't understand what I was saying. So it's technically, I reckon you could say a pre-rebirthday, but that's okay. I've had a pre-rebirthday, I've had a rebirthday, and I've had a post-rebirthday. But all that being said, 
that I think about it at my birthday because when I was five years old was the first time that I first started asking about salvation. It was my fifth birthday. That was 40 years ago. 40 years ago yesterday was when I first started asking questions about salvation. So I think about that every year around my birthday. So therefore, it's natural for me to think about salvation around my birthday. So I'm going to talk about rebirthday. And the first thing we're going to say is this. To everyone who's ever been born, who's ever been born of the flesh, who's ever been born, you must be born again. You must be born again. You must be born again. Exactly what we just saying. I very, verily, verily, I say unto you, truly, truly, I say unto you, you must be born again. We never know when we're going to live and die. We never know. I just found out a while ago that someone who I knew and loved very much passed away just a while ago. Someone who I knew from the YMCA passed away who I like very, very much. You never know when you're going to leave this world. But we do know one thing. We do know that if you ask Jesus to save you, when you do go, you're going to be prepared for the pearly gates. And because of that, the other day I was able to talk about my dear brother who I know I'll see again. Whenever my father left, I know I'll be able to see him again. Whenever any of us go, because of us who have asked Jesus Christ to save us, I know that we're going to be able to see one another again. Always oh, sad to say goodbye for the moment. For the moment. Just a moment. But we know, we know that we've all had a rebirth day. Every single one of us. We've had a rebirth day. And so therefore, I believe it's important that we can, some, we can take the moment to celebrate it from time to time. But before we go any further... Let's talk about that a little more by reading from the book of John, maybe the most important, most well-known part of it, but let's go to the book of John, chapter 3. As we read, verse 1 through 21. And it says this, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews, he came to Jesus by night and said to him, now why did he come by night? Probably was afraid of what his fellow rulers would say. We know, we know that the fellow Pharisees were afraid of what they would say, but this is what he says to him. Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. And Jesus answered to him, truly, truly, I say to you, verily, verily, truly, truly, I say to you, Unless a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a man be born of water and the Spirit, talking about the Holy Spirit, this is what he says, and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Now notice that the Spirit there is capitalized, Holy Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear a sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, how can this be? And Jesus answered him, are you the teacher of Israel, but you do not know these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness of what we have seen, 
but you do not receive our testimony. Our testimony, talking about what? The Trinity here. We, you do not receive our testimony. I have told you earthly things, and you do not believe. How will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended to heaven except he who descended from heaven, even the Son of Man who is in heaven. Just as Moses lifted up the serpent in wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but, have, but may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. This is the verdict, that the light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light. It does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light that it may be revealed that his deeds have been done in God. Amen. God bless the reading of that word. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that absolutely amazing? That right there in chapter 3 of John from 1 to 21 tells you everything you need to know about being saved by the blood of Jesus. Tells you everything you need to know about coming to the light. It tells you everything you need to know about being born again by the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Who can honestly say that they've been born again by the blood of Jesus? Have you been born again? Are you born again? Who here has been born again? Amen. I've been born again by the blood of Jesus. As it says in Romans 6.23, and I say it a lot, for a reason. For the, by the wages, excuse me, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Ephesians 4, 4 through 6, there is one body and one spirit, even as you were called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. I say this because so many people want to find salvation and they look all over the world. They look all over the world through so many things. I'm a fan of the Beatles. I'm a fan of these things, but I it breaks my heart when I think about George Harrison and people like that. Nice enough guy. They were nice enough people in the ways of the world, that is. Nice enough people. I know a lot of people are nice enough people. They mean well by their own means. They look into all sorts of Eastern philosophies. There's a lot of people around the world who are nice enough people. Pastor, are you saying that they're evil and they ought to go to hell? That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, but the fact that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every single one of them, do they deserve to go to hell? Yes. Are you saying you're better than them? No. Are you saying that you deserve to go to hell, Pastor? Yes, I deserve to go to hell. I do deserve to go to hell. What a bold thing for me to say, yes, because it's true. I do deserve to go to hell. And part of me, so do you. Isn't that something for me to say to you? Yes, you deserve to go to hell. You do. 
You most certainly do. But because of Jesus, I won't. Not because I deserve it, but because that seven-year-old, and might I say arrogantly, handsome little boy, Philip Coons, <laughs> called out to him, and Jesus Christ heard me. And he allowed me. He came and lived within my spiritual heart. He saved me. Praise the Lord. And I didn't deserve it whatsoever, and neither did you. But praise the Lord God, I could celebrate my rebirthday today. And I am celebrating. You know what? I enjoyed my birthday yesterday. I did. I enjoyed it, and I appreciate the presents some people gave. I don't need presents. Incidentally. I enjoy them, but I don't need. But you know what? More than that, I celebrate every day. I celebrate my rebirthday. Hallelujah. I love my rebirthday, and I love being reminded of a rebirthday of the Lord God. And we need a rebirthday. Yes, we do. So I have a question for you. When is your rebirthday? Do you not remember the date? Oh, that's okay. It, it's, it's not important. It's not necessary to remember the actual date. I don't. I remember it's a Friday in March, and so I looked to see 1984. I remember I was seven years old. I looked to see what date could have it been. It was in the middle. So I looked to see it. It might have been the 21st. It might have been. I don't know. It's okay. The point is not the exact date. It's not like your actual birthday. It's the fact that you remember, and it doesn't have to be even around that time. Choose a time to go to it. No, I'm not. Well, we'll get into all this here in a minute. But anyway, the fact is that day that you remember, the day the feeling that everything changed inside of you, in your heart, in your spirit, do you remember that or do we take it for granted? Let's be honest. We do. We do. We take it for granted sometimes. Oh, I'm not trying to point you out. <laughs> but we do sometimes, don't we? Don't we sometimes take it for granted what God has done for us? And we sometimes look at other people and we say, why don't they feel this way? Why don't they? Because they don't have the Lord. Or they're not living for him boldly like they should. Why are they watching this and listening to this and doing it for this? Because they sh they're not doing what they ought to be doing. And they're taking it for granted. And they're not living in the spirit like they should. But we know what it says in Romans 10 and 13. For everyone who calls in the name of the Lord shall be what? Saved. And a lot of times they don't even know what that means because they think, well, I, I, I said, Lord, hey, I've heard just about everybody say the name of the Lord. But you've watched a rated R film. I guarantee you're going to hear the name of the Lord, but not in the way they ought to be saying it. That's misusing. And by the way, that is the very definition of the word blasphemy. I hear blasphemy of the Lord's name, Jesus' name, continuously. I'm ashamed to say there was times in my immaturity that I've used it myself when I was younger. That doesn't mean it should be that way. If you're going to use the name of the Lord God, it needs to be in praise and worship and closeness to the Lord God. I'm getting off subject, but I'm going to go right back to it right now. And that is this. We need to be confident in serving him and growing in him. And if we are saved by him, truly living for him, we need to be growing in him and celebrating the fact that we've been born of him, not ashamed of him ever. And how dare we if we are? And we are a lot of times getting embarrassed. I see people all the time mocking the Lord, mocking his name. Oh, it's not popular to be a Christian. You know what? It never was. It was never popular. Why do you think it says take up thy cross and follow me? It means take up a distance. Oh, but I might get, you know, unlikes on Facebook. So what? So what? You might get thumbs down. You might get angry faces. Oh, no. God forbid. They may give me angry faces. Woo-hoo-hoo. So what? They've given angry faces to Jesus Christ from before he was born. 
when he was born. Do you think they were all going like that when he was on the cross? They may be laughing at him, but folks, you're going to be unpopular, but you'll be popular with Jesus. And incidentally, with the Lord, God's the only one you need to be worried about liking you. Yeah, you're going to be booed. You're going to be hissed. You know, I would never want to hiss anybody. I don't like sound like a snake. I really don't. Usually when you talk about a snake, it's not a good thing in the Bible, incidentally. Usually. Usually. Uh, I'm getting off subject. Let's see. John 1, 12 through 13. Yet to all who receive him, have he gave the power to become sons of God to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. Forget what the people of this world say. Now, I'm not talking about being mean to them. I'm not talking about being cruel to them. I'm not talking about saying, you know, shut up, use, as, as old Archie Bunker would have said. I'm not saying that. We're to be loving to them. But folks, you got to think about the poor little kids they are. They don't know any better. It's like trying to argue with a preschooler. Why would you argue with a preschooler? They're ignorant. Oh, you just call the little kids dumb. Well, no, they just don't know what they're doing. That's the way the lost people are. Don't look at them as the people that they are, that you think, that you see. Just think of them as little bidians. They don't know. But I see people all the time arguing with them. That's not what God said. He, be nice to them. Go to those little kids and say, well, actually, what well, says this, and then pat them on the head and walk on. That's all you can do. But don't bicker with them. Pat them on the little head, show love to them, and walk on. Because Give them a little bit of education, kindly, but don't go kicking at them. Because I tell you what, if you can see yourself spiritually up here, and a little toddler, and you're kicking at toddlers, don't do that. If you can see yourself as you are and them as they are, that's not nice. You don't kick at toddlers. Come on now. We need to live as the Lord wants to live. This is a rebirth day. And at a rebirth day party, we don't kick toddlers. That's all I'm saying. We don't do that. But we want to and need to celebrate our rebirth day. We need to celebrate it. We need to celebrate our rebirth day. We need to be proud of the fact that we've been born of the blood of Jesus Christ. You know what? When I think about people who seem to be ashamed of the fact that they're Christians, well, God would be ashamed of us. He'd be ashamed of us. How many people are afraid to, uh, to mention the fact that they're saved? And by the way we live, sometimes I think God would be ashamed of us. But we should be very proud of the fact that we are saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. It says in Titus 3, 5, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, because we don't save ourselves. Mm -mm, no, no, listen to what it says now. Not by the works of righteousness, which we have done, because you can't. It says, but according to his mercy, he saves us. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and the renewal of the Holy Spirit. Oh, hallelujah. The Lord God saved us through his grace. Now, pastor, are you saying that for a rebirth day, we should have a party? Well, you do what you wish. I'm not telling you that we should have a cake and bring people over to the house and talk about, I'm saved and let's celebrate. Well, you can do what you want. You do what you want. I'm talking about spiritual, personal celebration between you and the Lord. Be proud of what God's done for you. Don't be ashamed of it. Don't be embarrassed of it. Let people know what you are. Because remember, if you're embarrassed of God, he'll be embarrassed of you. If you're ashamed of him, he'll be what? Ashamed of you. Amen. I'm not ashamed of Jesus Christ. Okay, I get mocked a lot. But folks, I've said it before and I'll say it again, I get mocked about just about everything. I mean, folks, you're looking at a guy who's wearing Cookie Monster on his tie. I mean, obviously I'm going to get mocked about something. 
I'm not embarrassed of that either, incidentally. I wouldn't have named it. But the point is this. You're going to get mocked in life over something. It depends on which corner you turn. But the one thing you should never be embarrassed about is celebrating your rebirth of Jesus Christ. Ever. But that might make someone mad. I don't care. I don't care. It might make somebody mad. You know why they're mad? Because Satan is attacking them and they don't want to do it themselves. But that's actually sad. It's sad. And we should pray for them. And who knows? Because you do know one thing. The Holy Spirit's always tapping on the shoulder of somebody. And it could very well be that one day they're having a roughness in their life. And the Holy Spirit just might be able to get through to them. But it could also be because you did talk to them about the Lord Jesus and you weren't ashamed that God just might be able to use you and they may come to you. But they won't come to you if you're too embarrassed to mention it. They'll know. They'll know that you love Jesus. They'll know they could come to you if you continue to let people know. I'm not talking about going around to everyone in the neighborhood. I'm saved by Jesus' blood. I'm not, I'm not saying that. But by your actions, you are known. And people should know that you're proud. Then there's also a question people sometimes will have. You know, first of all, when you're a kid, if we're honest with ourselves, when you're a kid, birthdays are all about the gifts, aren't they? Aren't they? You want to tell everybody in the world it's your birthday. Everybody. You go to somebody in the grocery store, it's my birthday, it's my birthday, it's my birthday. If we're honest, that's what we do. It's all about the gifts. Well, guess what? Your rebirth day, it's your rebirth day, it's about gifts too. Not because God's going to give you gifts because of your rebirth day. But when you look back where you were spiritually then and where you are now, you get to see all the gifts that God has given you. When you start looking back to where you once were spiritually and where you are now, and that's, I'm talking about if you've been personally close to the Lord. If you've been looking back, you can see where you once were, where you are now, and how you've been growing or how you haven't. And God will show you where you need to change. And through that, that's a gift too. Oh, it might hurt for a minute. It might hurt, but it, it's a real gift because it'll show you what needs to be done where you need to change. And that's a real gift. It is. Because you know you don't know until you look. It's like going to a car lot. I mean, excuse me, to a, 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 a car garage. Sometimes you have to take it in to have it looked at. Or you don't know what needs to be fixed. When you go to the Lord, he'll show you this will be taken care of. But once you do that, rewards will come. Gifts will come. But you can look back and see where you've grown. It's like looking at a photo album. I have a photo album that my grandma took care of my whole childhood and gave it to me when I was in my 20s. And in fact, I was looking at it just the other day. And you can see all these pictures from when I was a baby up until I was about, the, oh, I don't know, 15, 16. And you can see how it changed throughout the year. I was once cute. I don't know what happened, but uh, I think the Lord sometimes uh, wants to make us have such a humor. I don't, I don't know. But anyway, all that being said, you can see how things changed throughout time. And what I can say is this. Throughout uh, looking at your rebirth of Christ, looking back to where you've changed in spiritual growth, you can look like a photo album and see where you have changed. Not because of your greatness, but the greatness of Christ and how he can take what you once were and make you better because you've given your trust and faith in him and his grace. That's how the Lord works. What great gifts the Lord God gives his children because he loves us when we're devoted unto him. It says this in 1 John 4, 7, Beloved, 
Let us love one another, for the love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. You receive gifts from God and the Holy Spirit as you grow. That's a fact. You most certainly do. And we also know in Romans 8, 15 through 17, it says this. For you have not received the spirit of slavery, again, to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirits that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified with him. And we should be. Even when we suffer, we are glorified with Christ. Even when we suffer, we will glorify. Not to our glory, but to the glory of Jesus. Through the word, what do we receive? A wonderful gift. We receive spiritual wisdom, knowledge, and we get to be led by the Spirit. Without that, it's, it, you have nothing. That's why it says in 1 Peter 2, 2, As newborn babies desire the pure milk of the word, that by it you may grow. But we need to grow. We need to grow in the word. We need to grow. You know, a baby, a baby cannot stay on milk forever. But you have to have that milk in the beginning. And that's why we need to continue to grow in the word. That's what we need as Christians. We need to have it with us continuously. I'm very, very proud of all my brothers and sisters in Christ who've come to know the Lord Jesus, the Lord God. I'm proud of them for being proud to be reborn. I'm proud of your rebirth. I look back to my life, and I've mentioned before that I had a pre-rebirth <laughs> when I was asking questions. I used to be embarrassed of that. I used to be very embarrassed the fact that I went forward and didn't know the Lord so I didn't understand it. I used to be very embarrassed about that. I'm not anymore because that means I was curious. I used to, to kind of put my head down in shame and say, oh my goodness, I wasn't saved. I thought I was. No, I just didn't understand. And then at seven, I did get saved. That was my rebirth. I got even more embarrassed at nine whenever this man, I told you about it, this man had me come forward and he misunderstood what I was saying when I felt like I was, uh, wasn't living right at times. I wasn't growing. You know, you, you don't have that fresh feeling sometimes as a as Christian. And he thought I was asking for salvation, and I wasn't. And I was too embarrassed to correct him in front of my dad. So I went through the whole thing again. But I really wasn't asking to be saved. So I went through it all again. That's what I call my post-rebirth. Fact is, is I was embarrassed about all that too. I went through all this for years feeling embarrassed about myself, but I'm not now. I can now relate with everybody. I can relate with those who misunderstood when they came forward before they were saved. I can relate with those who feel like they're not growing, so they come forward again. I've, I've dealt with all this now. I can relate with all of them. I can relate with you at home who believe that you're saved when you're not, who believe that you aren't saved when you are. I can relate with you, but I will say this to you. If you have never come forward, if you have never asked Jesus Christ into your heart as your personal Lord and Savior, because you think, well, I believe God exists, so therefore, I've gone through rebirth. That's not enough to be reborn by the blood of Jesus Christ. Because even the enemy, Satan, believes in Jesus. That's not what makes us saved. That is not 
what makes a rebirth. And I am not by any means saying that you need to start having a holiday set aside with cake or anything like that to have a rebirth day or another excuse to gain weight. I'm not saying that at all. What I am saying is that we need to start being proud of the fact that we are saved by the blood of Jesus. Because we are living right now in a time and in a land where people are ashamed of Jesus Christ and we should not be ashamed of Jesus Christ. We should be proud of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I am proud, not of myself, but of he who saved me. I am proud of Jesus and I will never be ashamed to say that I am saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, that I am not just a sinner, but a sinner who asks Jesus, I'm a born again sinner, one who is no longer bound to the chains of my sin. I am set free by the love and blood of Jesus by his grace, and I am not afraid anymore. I am not afraid because I know where I'm going to go. I know where I'm going. Not because of me, but because of he, because of the Lord Jesus Christ. I was very happy the other day to know, very sad that I lost my brother in Christ, my brother, but I'm very happy to know that he has gone through the pearly gates, that he is with the Lord God right now. He's with the Lord Jesus Christ. I was very sad to see my friend. My friend is gone, but I can tell you that my brother Ronnie is with the Lord Jesus right now, and he's getting to see my father again. And he is getting to see so many others who once went to this church right now with the Lord. Not because of their works, but because of the works of the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross. And you will get to be there someday too. And I will too. This is why death is sad for us who are here. But really, it's also a rejoice in the sense that it's only for a short while. It's like having someone in the next room. This is why when we celebrate, we should celebrate that we have had a rebirth day. We should celebrate that rebirth day from time to time. I'm not even saying once a year. From time to time, we should remind ourselves, maybe even once a day, I don't know, but we should remind ourselves that Jesus Christ has saved us by his perfect and pure blood, not to listen to the people on the internet, not to listen to the people down the street, not to even listen to your family if they don't know the Lord, not to listen to the people who have been poisoned by Satan, but to listen to the Lord, to listen to the Holy Spirit, to listen to his word, and to know that he is with us everywhere we go when we are listening to him. Amen. He is with you, and he loves you. But Pastor, I'm not perfect. I know you're not. Oh, you've been listening to me. No, no, I know because I'm not. I'm not perfect either. But praise the Lord God, I was saved by the only perfect one. I don't deserve to go to heaven. I really don't. And so I say this once again to you out there. If you have never asked Jesus Christ, and you're not for certain that you have said the prayer of salvation, today can be the day that you can be reborn. Today is the day that you can have a rebirth day. Today is the day you can call out to Jesus Christ. And say, Lord, I'm just not sure. You can be sure today. Today is the day. It's not just about believing someone existed. It's about asking Jesus to save you from all your imperfections. And putting all your faith and hope and beliefs in him. But what about all those other people who existed who are nice people? Jesus wasn't some nice guy. He's God. He's God who came and lived in the flesh. Don't you see? 1 Peter 1.23, 
For you have been born again, not from perishable seed, but imperishable through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. And one last thing I'll say to you as we speak about celebrating the fact that we've been reborn and we can celebrate a rebirth day. First John 5, 4 says this, For whoever is born of God overcomes the world, and the victory that overcomes the world is our faith. And people of this world put faith in such wrong things all the time. People put faith in politics. People put faith in false religions. I had someone even recently say, how do you know it's false and how do you know it's true? Well, folks, it's so obvious. It's in the one who created all things before things could be perverted. How do you know he's real? How do you know he's not? The fact of the matter is I've met the Lord God. Now, I'm not talking I physically stood with him. I'm not talking about that, but I have met him in the spirit. I have. I've been able to pray to him, talk to him. The fact of the matter is, is you can speak to him even today. Don't let Satan lie to you. Don't let Satan lie to you. Go to him today. Be reborn. You can celebrate a rebirth day even today. Let us bow in prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, thank you for giving us the way, the only way into heaven. And I pray right now for all of those out there who do not know you. Lord God, you love them with all your heart and soul. And, and Lord, because of that, we do too. Lord, just like you, we don't love their ways. And we don't love our ways either. I'm talking about from our flesh, Lord. We don't love when we have given in. But Lord God, we do pray for them. We want them to come to you and so they be your children. Lord, I do pray that you help us. If we have faults that are overcoming us at times and we don't put you first, I pray upon this day you will show us so that we can quit allowing those things to control us. And Lord God, I do pray right now that this will be a day of great celebration, a day of great celebration, thanking you continuously for what you've done for us. We pray this in your holy name. Amen.